Welcome to SME TV. I'm your host, Angela Vithulkas, and this is our five in five show. That's five tips in five minutes. Plus, we talk a little bit about our guest and some background on them. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can support us and all SMEs. And you should share, like, and follow, of course, SME TV and podcasts. Today, we're asking how to get an edge for your family business. Well, joining us today with her five tips on the edge is Kirsten Taylor-Martin, Partner Private Advisory from Grant Thornton. Hello, Kirsten. Hi, Angela. How are you? Well, this is a really interesting subject and we allocate five tips in five minutes. Sometimes we go a little bit over, but we want to give everyone some context about the kind of expert guests we invite on and, and the background to it. So you're an accredited family business advisor and, and we'll get to that accreditation as well. You specialise in family office, family governance, succession planning, tax structuring, commercial advice, all things money. Yes. <laughs> and business and family. Correct. So tell us about your accreditation as a family business advisor. So my, my background is I'm a chartered accountant uh, and with the accreditation for Family uh, Business Australia, what they find is many people have technical training and they really need to take them to the next level because you're dealing with um, family, family dynamics. Uh, and you need to have an understanding of that as well as the, the finances. So initially they do a training course um, and it's really taking us out of our comfort zone, but a lot of role playing, uh, people get to be difficult family members and we've got to try and um, make them agree or come up with a solution. Uh, we then attend a number of their conferences where we hear family businesses speak so that we actually hear their issues and what they're going through and we get a really good understanding. Uh, and we also need our clients to write references to say that we work in this area before you be become accredited. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting that, um, that that actually needs to happen, but the reality is that family businesses do have a different dynamic to other corporate structures. 90% mm. um, of the time, they're probably not very politically correct in their commentary to each other or the way they conduct their business. You know, sometimes we're a bit slack in family business finances and whereas it would never happen that way in a, in a corporate governance structure. So we do need a little bit of specialist attention. What's so special do you think about family businesses? Why yes, are we you, so? You really touched on it because it's kind of the family business strength, but their weakness at the same time. So um, I, I never want a family business to corporatize because their huge strength is that they can just go to market so quickly. And um, I'll give away my tips, but this pandemic has really shown they've needed people to be able to react really fast. And this is the family business edge. So you can come up with an idea at the dinner table tonight and it will happen tomorrow. Whereas in a corporate world, you need to uh, put a submission in and get three quotes and then you know submit it to one party and they'll send it back and it goes again. And family business can just miss like skip all of that it's, a, it's a double-edged sword isn't it because the the emotive component of a family business and wanting to support each other is sometimes so strong that it can override a business decision correct and that's why we sort of say it's worth you professionalizing so uh put let's, it, put let's a draw bit. that let's draw that distinction because you brought this up um off air there's mm -hmm. there's you don't want family businesses to corporatize, but you do no. want them 
to, to professionalize. So really, yeah, th there are different elements that they need to, to bring in to make sure that they are having the right conversations and making the right decisions without introducing all these levels of red, red tape that, that uh, ruins their edge. Uh, but that professionalization, uh, it, yeah, it is really sort of understanding some of that business skill set as well. So th there's a fine line there, but they do need to professionalize without adding all the red tape because their edge is just their speed to market and they can just, uh, yeah, just come up with an idea and, and make it happen. Well, sometimes the dream or the idea needs that uh, un well, biased but total 100% no holds barred dedication behind it to make it happen and, mm. and push through the hurdles. You know, there's been many a, a, a dry review of a business plan and saying, you know, look on paper, it's not going to work. But nine times out of 10, the idea works in spite of what it looks like on paper. So that, that's uh, where those family... And I think it's, it's that entrepreneurial spirit as well. Like that is something that is just in family, family business. And you need to be careful not to, to stop that. So, uh, yeah, and sometimes an entrepreneur, they can't put it all on paper. It's all a vision and something that they uh, can visualise. So, yeah, once again, it's a fine line, but you need to be careful to allow them to... I think sometimes we are really uh, stopping that entrepreneurship, and I think we just need to... And that's, I guess, where family business are different. They've got the family support, so they just talk about this vision and they can make it happen. Do you think um, it's fair to say that those family dinners where some of those decisions are being made or the ideas brought up, that they're our version of an informal board meeting? Yes, but, uh, uh, and you would know this, but you need to be careful as well because you don't want every dinner to be about the business. And then for those uh, family members that aren't in the business, that can become quite frustrating and quite difficult. And then any in-laws or, you know, so that's where you sort of also need that professionalism and, and, and governance to really ensure you're having the right conversation at the right time, because that, that can cause a lot of resentment as well. If every dinner is mm. always about the, the, the business, you need a bit of a break and an outlet as well. And, and there's usually sharp implements at a dinner table. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> bad advice or raining on someone's idea parade can often result in, in a physical demonstration of the frustration. Yes. So, yes, I would, uh, I would caution against that, having witnessed it firsthand. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're going to be on the clock. Um, we're sure. going to look at five tips. Um, and this is all around getting an edge for a family business specifically. Okay. So we're going to start with tip one. Know your numbers. Expand on that. What we have noticed, uh, particularly in the current climate, is that the businesses where they don't understand their numbers, don't understand their business, they were the first ones to struggle. So it's really emphasised. You need to know your numbers and understand how, how your business is going. The, the number of businesses that you spoke to them one week and uh, all things were fine, and the next week they didn't know if they were going to... Um, you know, continue in business and you just think, how did that happen in one week? And it was just, they didn't know their, know their numbers. They didn't understand the, the historical financial value and the future financial value. Cause you, if you don't understand what it takes to put the key in the door every day in, and measuring that without any cash flow coming in, if you know what's going to go out, that's how you measure what you're up against. And, 
and unfortunately, or fortunately, Kirsten, right now with COVID-19, lots and lots of businesses suddenly came to a halt, which they would never have been in that financial position before. They might've had a drop in sales, but not completely cut off. Yes, and anyone who's doing accounting on a his like is behind in their paperwork and they're just relying on that bank statement, you know, that they, they just got hit yes. because they just had no like more so than anyone because they had no idea what position they were they were in. So yeah, this one's cru crucial. Uh, I think the role of a CFO is going to be far more valuable post this than what it was prior. There'll be a, there'll be a new healthy respect for anyone that does understand a balance. Yeah, sheet. numbers. <laughs> What about you don't need to be an accountant, but you need no. to understand what numbers are important to, to your business. What about forecasting for the unknown? Yes. So in the past, uh, people often talked about doing a budget, whereas we're, we're finding at the moment in going forward, you need to forecast. So you need to have different scenarios because particularly once JobKeeper ends on 30th of September, it is really an unknown. What's going to happen after that? So you need to really forecast out the different scenarios because there's going to be some tough decisions depending which way things go. And you just want to be on that front foot. So uh, yeah, budgets What's are really going to be out the door at this point in time. And you need to forecast the different sales um, and what your fixed costs are and what you need to consider if the sales dip to a certain level. Right, so you're saying to it's this is your plan A, plan B, plan C, around yeah. that and it's different mm. forecasting the unknown is different to how is that different to a cash flow projection or is it uh look it's a similar concept it's just you are going to be forecasting different sales levels because um unlike ever before you you can't base on on historic numbers like you you really so many businesses out there don't know what their numbers are going to look like so you're really just going to have to have your different scenarios I guess the one advantage for any business that tried to push through, regardless of what level it fell to, has mm. some idea of what to expect, whereas those businesses that had to completely shut down and stop have no idea what to expect. So it was, uh, again, two sides of a coin or a double-edged blade for those that, that tried and could. Um, Correct. And But I even feel some of the businesses that did, like, have sort of been not impacted I feel there's still a high chance that they could get the impact because if our unemployment levels go much higher when JobKeeper Finishes. changes at 30th of September, that could have a huge impact across businesses that didn't get that first impact. So I just think everyone's got to be a little bit careful. Um, like all the businesses that were impacted a little bit on edge, the ones that aren't, I think are still a little bit complacent. I think all businesses need to think we are all heading into a unknown yeah the it's a very different kind of recession yes not not one we've had um tip number no. three family values we've touched a little bit but let's yeah look this never one say I think too much this one's really special and this is the the real edge of family family business so everything really comes from the heart so i'm really encouraging all businesses out there to to and we do have a process uh at Grand Thornton if anyone needs help, but to really talk about what are your family values? What do you want to bring to, to the business? Um, some really great examples that we, we saw is uh, Scenic World, obviously in the tourism industry, uh, and one of their family values, it's because they're in Katoomba, they really want to give back to their local community and their business totally stopped. 
So they actually set up a um, pop-up store so that they could keep some of their people employed. And they had all the things that we couldn't get at the shops, like your hand sanitizer, your toilet paper and things like that. And they actually just sold it to the um, to that local community. Yeah. And it's just a really beautiful example of their value was always to their local community and they kept people in jobs and they provided the the items that were so difficult to get your hands on. So they it's just smart, straight smart pivot. A that, smart pivot. Absolutely. Uh, and another really um, interesting one was um, one of our clients is in the cafe industry and they're all about sustainability. So, you know, if you bring your keep cup, you get 50, 50 cents off your, off your coffee. And when it was heard that um, it, it, like it's not safe for their staff yep. for us to hand over the keep cup, it was a really tough decision. But so they had to actually look at two of their values. So it was the well-being of their team members and sustainability. And as much as they didn't want to give up on their fight for sustainability, it didn't compare to the well-being of their team members. So, and, and I, yeah, I, I'm going to get into my next point and I'll explain exactly why that's so important. Sure. So that's tip four, take yep. your customers and suppliers on your journey that's connected. Yep. Yeah, so the two are connected. So what I found is, so people at the moment, they're changing how they consume. Uh, they're very much, they want to buy Australian. They want to uh, support Australian businesses. So you have a consumer loyalty that you've never seen before. And this is a huge advantage for family businesses. So if you can take your customers and your suppliers on your journey, so tell them where you're at, what, like where you're going, what you're doing. And if you go back to your family values and tell them it's a tough decision, but we have to get rid of keep cups, you're taking them and you're building this loyalty that you probably never would have had before. So some really great um, examples and because we're really seeing in when they're taking their customers on the journey, they're starting to put family at the front. So uh, Q is a really great example. So I'm a huge shopper at Q um, and I always follow all their social media and they always talk about how they're an Australian manufacturer, they're an Australian business, uh, leading edge in all their design, but they don't actually talk very often how they're a family business. Um, no, I, 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 that's never be, come to my attention. So now I'm, I'm paying attention. So I didn't yes. realise they were a so family. So when they had to close their stores, yeah. the message was from the family. Right. So it was just, it was, so it was really well done, but they knew at that point in time, they had to tell that, that message. Um, and anything you saw during that period of time that was on the media or TV or anything, it was always the family that were there. So it was really interesting, an Australian business like that, that their messaging's never been about a family business, but they yep. knew the time to put the family at the front. Um, and also we've got like a restaurants and cafes in our area, but same thing, the social media, the message, husband and wife on video or pictures but telling people yep. this is where we're at and thanking them for their support and everything um yeah you're in a really powerful position just make sure you don't hide the fact you're a family business and just make sure that you're really open and honest talking about the the family values which come from the heart and just taking those customers on the on the journey because so we've got finally we've got an we've got an advantage being family businesses oh. and small businesses we've got an advantage finally 
Yeah, and it's a bit of that Aussie spirit, but you know, we they want to support the the battler or someone who's finding it hard. So it's yeah. not an embarrassing story to say, no. you know, it's been a difficult time. But if you say this is what we're doing and you're thanking everyone along the way, um, in my local area, the family businesses who have done it really well, since the doors have opened, there's queues outside the door. Yeah. You know, people want to support these businesses. So just we, make sure you don't hide the story. As as a community, we've really taken ownership of that we are all in this together and that somehow yeah. it's our it's our local because as it portrays itself Kirsten right now local might be all we have the way we're going yes. all right tip five innovate innovate so we talked you know at the very start about professionalizing and corporatizing and everything but family businesses have have their edge you know you can come up with an idea and you can just take it to market straight away so yeah keep going don't wait for the next pandemic and really think about what you've innovated and what has worked well and make and keep going. So, you know, the restaurants that have done the, um, the takeaway cocktails, we love them, keep them coming. Um, you know, uh, we've got a local gym near us and uh, their online program, they're now showing their, their athletes around the world. They've only ever looked at who could come into the gym in the local area and now they've got people you know, around the world, being able to do their training programs. So just keep innovating. It really has become um, a necessity to innovate or invent or pivot. Mm. And as you said early on, family businesses are in a unique position to be able to do that faster uh, and better with a different type of spirit. Yes, we are slightly biased about that, but that's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your five tips today. We appreciate it very much. To our viewers and listeners out there, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can share this interview and lots of other great interviews that are on our site. And a big shout out to the SME Association for making SME TV and podcast channel possible. If you have any other tips you'd like to share with us, or if you'd like to reach out to Kirsten, you can always email us, news at smea.org.au. And of course, we're across all the socials. Thank you. Thank you.